0: Hello everyone in the diamond world, welcome to the Rapport Diamond Podcast, my name is Avi Kravitz, your host for this episode and it's the holiday season that's upon us. A lot has happened in the industry this um, this year and in fact this last month there's been a lot of discussion around how we market diamonds and some of the challenges that the market is facing. I was just in Dubai for the Dubai diamond conference where a lot of these um, ideas came uh, came forward and it got a lot of the industry talking and there was a, a really wonderful discussion about automation in the industry and they also had a, a wonderful debate between um, two representatives from the lab grown industry and um, two representatives from the natural diamond industry about um, how we market diamonds, how we approach this um, interaction between the two products. And one of those participants in that debate was the De Beers head of marketing, Stephen Lucier, who has um, has developed a reputation of being of being quite the effective spokesperson um, for the industry and. Uh, and De Beers last week published their annual insight report, which this year they focused on diamonds and love in the modern world that's the title of the uh of the of the um of the report and we had a chance to sit down with stephen and uh, and chat with him about some of the findings in the report for anyone in the diamond industry whatever whatever um uh, whatever sector you're you're working in, I um I think there's there's something to take from in that report. So, um I really enjoyed speaking with Stephen as always, and uh, I hope you enjoy the discussion too. Uh, good morning, Avi. It's uh, Stephen Lucia here. Um, hi, hi, how are you, Stephen?
1: Yeah, pretty good. In New York for a change. For a change. <laughs>
0: I, I once I once asked uh, one of the diamond guys where where he, where he lives, and he said in row A3 on an on an aeroplane, and I, I kind of oh. get the get the feeling you have the same uh, sort of uh, experience.
1: I know all the seats that are next to uh, emergency exits on British Airways. <laughs> <laughs> right,
0: right. So th- thanks for um thanks for this opportunity, and congrats on a, a really interesting report. Um you express you, you express um, yourself on this on this um issue that i think be, better than most in the in the industry as um as i, I enjoyed your your speech in in dubai very much um so let's start um with uh, ma- maybe if you can explain to us what um what motivated de Beers to focus on this theme of um of uh, commitment and the association between diamonds and and love
1: yeah, that's a good question, I Abby. Mean, I guess that, that um, you know, diamonds, uh, the association between diamonds and, and love and commitment have really been the, the foundation stone of diamond demand for, uh, you know, as long as, uh, as De Beers has been in, in its existence as a marketing company. And um, I guess in, in recent years, there's been a lot of discussion around. The changing nature of relationships, the economic empowerment of, of women in the relationships, a sense amongst uh, jewelers that, um, you know, that there are, are less couples coming in to look at engagement rings. So we thought it was the right time to take a, a step back, given all the changes in the nature of, uh, of, of marriage, particularly in the, the U.S., but also, to be honest, in China. We thought it was the right time to take a step back and look more broadly at what the trends are uh, in what is an area so important to the future diamond demand, and I guess most importantly, what are the the opportunities uh, as a result for the industry uh, to direct its marketing um, around the the commitment opportunity.
0: Okay, and and, um, and so you you came up with, uh, with four trends essentially, that are, are shaping the way consumers are expressing themselves um, with diamonds in their relationships. So do you want to, do you want to walk us through um, those four findings?
1: Yeah. I mean, um, I think it's it's interesting. We'll come back a little bit, I think, and talk about the nature of, of change uh, in relationships. And um, in my mind, what are some of the key trends that come from This report, one which probably slightly um, surprising, maybe to some members of the the industry, is that the diamond engagement ring tradition is, you know, alive and and well all over the world. And um, you know, there is this sort of sense we've heard that millennials aren't that are less interested in diamonds, but actually, if you look at the figures, you know, in America, the, the percentage of brides who get married. And get a diamond engagement ring is, you know, rock steady, and remains that it's been steady for 20 years. And the last measure, you know, at about three quarters of all uh, marriages getting an engagement ring is is holding strong. So this idea that that people are turning away isn't actually true. And in China, it's even more extraordinary. You know, we're over the same period of 20 years, it's gone from, you know, virtually zero to now nearly half of all uh, brides getting married getting a diamond. So the tradition is very, very strong. I think what's um, true, though, is that, and this gets to the issue of the nature of relationships, is that the number of marriages is slightly declined, um, particularly as a percentage of the population in America. So while people who get married are still getting a diamond engagement ring, we, we're seeing a trend where the nature of what that, uh, well, the number of people who eventually get married is slightly lower, and um, and there's a, there's a lot of new steps along the way, and uh, and the big one in there is probably, you know, the trend toward cohabitation, where, you know, what it means then to get engaged and married is very different from 20 years ago, where, you know, it was sort of a public announcement of your commitment and intention to to stay together as a, as a couple. Um, now, you know, you're probably already, uh, in many instances, cohabitating. You may have a house. You know, you may have a, a a pet, which is symbolically important of commitment. And so, you know, the the actual act of then making the decision to get married is 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 quite different. It's a step along a journey rather than the sort of start of the of the of the journey. Right, And I guess that's what led to the second interesting trend, is that we're seeing one of the um, the fastest growing segments, one of the fastest growing segments in, in this area is um, commitment, no, we call it love gifting, I think is probably a better, love gifting among pre-marriage couples. So, you know, in the older days, we very rarely saw people who weren't, uh, married, giving diamond gifts to each other, mm. because the sense of the sense of commitment required there to be um, or the symbolism of commitment required there to be a um, you know, a more permanent relationship and now with a, the with, with a cohabitating trend, we see that actually, if we look over the, the past four years there 's been a fifty percent growth in the uh, number of diamond gifts given between unmarried couples okay. and they, they you know now representing nearly uh, somewhat slightly over 10% of the market. So that's a very interesting new trend that I think reflects opportunity for our industry to think more about how do you target and market to, to people who aren't yet married but still actually are open to the idea of expressing love and commitment in their relationship with a diamond.
0: Hmm. And that's, that's interesting because, um, I mean, you, you mentioned the the perception that uh, that millennials are less traditional, or, or you know, they, they don't want to use a, a diamond in in the traditional sense of of um, necessarily getting married, and 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 the the ritual of proposing maybe takes a a, a less traditional. Um, way, but you said earlier that they, that they are, in fact, still relating to diamonds in a in traditional sense, but this is the the, more, the less traditional way that they, their relationships are, in, are evolving.
1: Yeah, I think, I mean, when it comes down to, I mean, if you talk to some retailers, they'll say, oh, I think the engagement ring business is smaller. It's a percentage of my total business, mm. um, And that's, and that's true, but it's not because millennials aren't buying a diamond when they get engaged. It's just that less of them are getting married. So as right. a percentage of the total population, uh, there, are, there are fewer. But it doesn't mean that diamonds don't represent love to them. And that's, I think, the opportunity as to how, how do we market to that, to that group. You know, there's some learnings in the report, that depending on what country you're in. If you're in America, it's much less likely to be a diamond ring. So it's more likely to be a diamond pendant. And, uh, and and diamond earrings but they still have a, a motive symbolism to them mm. and and in china it tends again to be uh, rings but there's quite a lot of gifting pre-marriage amongst couples in uh, in china uh, tend to be lower price points but um the symbolism is still is, is still quite strong mm. And I think that you know it is encouraging because the most important thing for us is that diamonds represent commitment, not that they represent marriage per se,
0: right
1: and commitment and love is much more important. it gives us a lot more flexibility um, to to uh, you know effectively uh, offer products to a whole range of consumers at all different stages of their life and again, it comes back to this sort of key finding around the nature of marriage, where twenty years ago marriage was engagement and then marriage was like the kickoff of one's life together. It was very rare for people to cohabitate in any numbers prior. You know, if you went back, look, like 20 years trend. And, and the, the, the engagement um, was really the thing that kicked off that couple together, planning a life together. Mm. And now we see that that's not the case. People are much more likely to be cohabitating first and they often even make financial commitments. Often it's the children, that, that the desire for children, that kicks um, the desire for a formal, more formal wedding. And then, as we see, when that happens, they still get the engagement ring. So uh, it just takes longer, and it's, uh, it's a longer process, and it comes at a different point in their relationship than it used to.
0: Right, But and, and at a point where they have other financial commitments. Um, does that yeah. does, does that affect the the amount that they they're prepared to spend on an engagement ring?
1: Yeah, interestingly, we've seen sort of we've seen a couple of trends when it comes to the product side. I mean, over the last two years, we've seen really no change in the average price. It's about three and a half thousand dollars. But if we go back a little bit longer, so sort of over four years, there's been a slight decline amongst um, non-millennial. Uh, marriages. The millennials are still spending roughly the same amount of money as they did. And I think that is exactly reflecting two things. One is, as you say, it reflects um, the fact that, you know, if you're getting engaged at a time when you've got lots of other financial t- commitments, well, then, you know, you're, you're stretching more to fund the wedding and all the elements of it. So that may have had some um, impact other than the decline is quite small. I think what probably is is a bigger factor here is that the nature of the design of diamond rings that they want are quite different. Um, And we've seen it, particularly in the US, we've seen it, this isn't the case in China, but in the US we've seen a dramatic increase in the the total weight of diamonds in in the piece of diamond jewelry, but a slight decline in the size of the center stone. And what that means is that people are much more interested in design-oriented, more individual, what, what are seen as more individualistic or more unique um, diamond rings than the, than traditionally, where they, you would just have the solitaire.
0: Mm,
1: so mm. I, th- I think they're buying something which is a little bit different than what it was, and um, and I think that allows them probably to spend a little bit less for you know the jewellery that they're looking for because of the. The slightly smaller centre stone. In in China, it's quite a different case. It's still entirely the solitaire, single stone, um, trend, and that that is the same as it's been since the beginning.
0: Mm. But then in the in the US, then the, the opportunity for for re, for jewellery retailers is. Um, that it, it speaks to me that uh, the that consumers are looking for more sort of bespoke jewelry, some sort of customized pieces. That it's not necessarily an, an issue of price. It's just a, it's a consequence of the design that they're looking at.
1: Yeah, I think that's exactly the, the right uh, conclusion. And I think it it probably results with people getting married a bit older. You know, they've got a clear idea of what they. You know what their tastes are and what kind of jewelry that they want, and there is this trend we know around the the desire to have something that's more unique and individual and um and so I think that's why we're seeing a greater trend toward all sorts of different ways of customizing um but I think the real the real lesson for the industry is that particularly retailers is that they need to think they need to think differently about the mindset that they have when they think about the bridal occasion, because I think, you know, they still imagine this traditional relationship with a couple are starting their journey together and they're looking for the solitaire ring. Well, you know, that's still true for some, but from, for most, it isn't the case anymore. And they're, they're well down their path together. And they're, they're looking for something that's a little bit more unique to themselves and a little bit more individualistic. Right. And important not to sort of prejudge, uh, you know, you may you may have a bridal customer who actually have been living together for five years and already have children, and then they decide to get married and and they come in looking. So you you have to have quite an open mind uh, and not judgmental about what this bridal ca- category is today.
0: Right, right. And I mean, you've coined you've coined the term term um, commitment diamonds, and um, and and we've seen we, we've seen some um, some of the bigger retailers. Um, change the name of their of their bridal category. Um, I think Tiffany calls it love and uh, is it love and commitment um, um, rather than engagement. Um, I stand for correction. But um, but uh, it seems that there has been this shift in recognition amongst the the bigger brands, at least um, to, uh, away from. Um, pigeonholing it into engagement. Are, are you are you hoping that the industry as a whole will sort of take on this um, this broader terminology and I guess more open-minded um, terminology in how they they market um, uh, the bridal category?
1: Yeah, I think so. I mean, we we like the, the the term engagement and commitment jewelry, and and the reason again comes back to the nature of that of that couple, if you think, you know, 20 years ago, the engagement was the, was the huge public moment of commitment to a life together.
0: Mm.
1: But if you have a couple who are living together for five years, already own a house, you know, it's a, it's a whole different thing. You're already uh, uh, partners. And if you're taking that step, well, the two things that can happen. Some people will decide not to get married, but they still are committed to each other. And so we don't want the, the ritual of, of marriage to reduce the opportunity for selling, selling them the symbol, which they want to have a symbol and expression between them of love and commitment. And, and secondly, you know, you have those people who are getting married now, but actually, you know, they, what engagement now, isn't quite the same thing because they already have a life together. And, right. um, and it, this is the next step to get married, but, Amongst them, they don't think of it as engagement to get married. Now they think about, well, we are getting married; we're already committed. So the word commitment um, is one which they which resonates with them. Well, even if it, that what they're in the end buying is an engagement ring.
0: So how how is um, that translating into, um, or how should it translate to the marketing of um, of diamonds? Um, what is De Beers doing um, through your Forever Mark um, campaigns? To hone in on that message, and what would you like to to see the industry do, to um, in the same in the same sense, Um, and I guess speaking as chairman of the Diamond Producers Association in that sense.
1: Yeah, I mean, absolutely right. The Forever Mark, in particular, I think is, I guess, having having access to these insights early in the process is already reflecting that in its fourth quarter. Um, its fourth quarter advertising campaigns. Well, you'll see um, its depiction of, of of what are committed couples, uh, not playing to the, always to those traditional stereotypes around um, engagement. And um, and I think that's really the lesson for 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 everyone marketing, is to think, make sure you depict the lifestyles. Um, and, and the insight here is that you know the traditional we don't live together, I'm going to propose and then we're going to start our life together is not now the most likely uh, relationship profile that you want to appeal to. And, and you, you need to appeal to customers who are in a different stage in that relationship. It's always thinking about it like you know you're on a journey together and the diamond comes at a point in your journey that's right for you. It may be marriage, it may not be. It may just be that you want to make a stronger statement as a couple uh, within the relationship that you're in. And the task is to make sure that in marketing, we don't fall back to the old stereotypes of of 20 years ago, which may just not connect well with, um, you know, with the majority of our current target market who who come at it from a different place. Right. Uh, Right. And you still need to keep it aspirational. It still has to be, you know, it still has to be dream. You know, people are dreaming and, and commitment is still a very powerful emotive force. Uh, so you don't want to, uh, to market in an unaspirational way, but you just need to appreciate that your target audience is not what it once
0: was. Mm. I mean, you, you just have to watch uh, as a fun exercise the old De Beers ads from, from the 80s. Um, and and you realise how society has evolved, and and that that messaging wouldn't um, wouldn't work uh, necessarily today. Um,
1: no. I mean, there's some other things that just reinforce that from the study, which even I think um, things that we weren't so aware of. For example, that um, that you know, with about I think the figure is about 14% of of the diamond gauge rings are funded entirely by the woman. <laughs> and,
0: right.
1: And you know, and then in you know, a bigger amount of the others, they contribute together, and it's a joint effort. So, you know, if you go back to those old De Beers ads where it was all about the man, mm. uh, that's not. You know, some some are like that, but but most aren't today. And and you even have to think about how you market to women in a different way than perhaps you had to before.
0: Right. Well, that that, that was um, quite quite insightful insightful for me in in the report that. Um, that's a, a big part of the marketing sh- um, f- for um, for the commitment or bridal categories sh- should be towards the the woman, and that's a, a big shift from from where we were ten twenty years ago, um, that they're very much involved in the in the engagement ring um, uh, purchasing decision.
1: Yeah, and actually, the more that she's engaged, the more money they'll spend, um, which is a, another interesting. Uh, Phenomena. Particularly, if she's a contributor, then that leads to a higher average price than if he funds the whole thing on his own. Mm. Um, and we should be inclined to encourage that <laughs> that engagement.
0: Right. On right. Her.
1: And I guess I mean, the other the other the other part that we haven't really touched on, but it's probably worth a minute on from the mm. report. It's the first time we've done research amongst same-sex couples um, mm. in America and China, and um, it's something that. Um, that You know, we've, we've seen reflected in advertising from people like Tiffany, uh, I think with great foresight, and it's in the forever, forever market um, advertising for the last year. But the data is quite interesting. Uh, the, I think the data is quite interesting there, that there you know, in the U.S. alone, there is something like 650,000 same-sex couples um, mm. split relatively evenly between men and between men and, and women, but the desire to have diamonds as a symbol there is just as strong to, as amongst um, amongst uh, the more traditional couples. So we're seeing, you know, figures like 72% of them saying diamonds are extremely or very important in celebrating um, celebrating love uh, and celebrating important moments in their in their life. Mm. And uh, and you know, and I love some of the, the, the in, uh, data from the report that talks about, you know, diamonds, they want diamonds and they're desired because they're real, they're precious and they're significant. You know, that sounds, that sounds pretty much universal. Yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, the, uh, not only for engagement rings, but anniversaries and birthdays particularly important. Um, and that ownership is quite high amongst those couples. So,
0: right.
1: uh, now, there's a lot of diamonds being bought both in, in areas where you can formally get married, but even in places like China, where it's—you uh, know—I you, don't think you can get married formally today. They still see high levels of diamond uh, gifting for memorable moments in their in, in their life, and um, and I think again, you know, for our industry, the key lesson here is you know, be as broad and open-minded to the potential. Uh, consumers as you can be, and and move away from that stereotypical marketing that perhaps you've done historically. Mm. You know, w- really, we just w- we just want diamonds to be seen as that ultimate symbol of love and commitment, whatever your relationship. Right.
0: Well, I think it's a, it's an, it's a good message, and uh, it's, it's to end with, and, and an important one for the industry. And um, and just as a as a final question, um, w- what what um. What can a, a retailer um, and, and the well actually, you know, we we know what what the the practical use um, or message for a retailer is from this report, um. But we, you know, a lot of our audience are, are 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 the midstream. Um. What can what what can the midstream take from this report? Is is there is there a way they can tap into this message um to improve their Navigation of the market.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think there's probably there are probably three lessons in here for the for the midstream. The first is that you know the midstream is an important communication channel to the to the downstream in, in an industry which is as fragmented as ours. So you know, an an educated midstream who focuses clearly on the lessons from this can really help their retail clients. Uh, to improve by packaging up the information and communicating it through. And, you know, anyone can do that. But I think um, for, our, for our midstream players, you know, thinking to the future, they need to be seen to how they can help retailers sell, uh, not just, play, you know, fulfill orders. So that's the first thing I would suggest that they do, thinking about their own customers in whatever geographies they're in. I think the second thing that they need to, to, to study in depth is around the design now, some of those are, are jewelry manufacturers. So if they're jewelry manufacturers, um, there are a lot of information in there about, you know, where the demand for different types of product is headed. And it's important to reflect on that opportunity. And if that means working out ways to support customized design solutions, then that's important, an important part of future demand. And if if you're a, a, a demon tear, I think there's data in there for you around um, where the demand's going to be, particularly in the bridal category for you know for different stone sizes and different shapes of diamonds, and you can see uh, the, see the trends there as well. so um, there there's something for everyone, although clearly the focus here is on how do we engage with the consumer and and I think the midstream needs to be an important part of the communication chain that helps get our retailers into uh, targeting every opportunity that
0: there is mhm um, well i th- i think it's important because um for, for some time now we've heard from the trade um, that bridal is um the bridal category has um has been a non growth category for the industry um and uh, and so I, I, I certainly hope to see um more of a marketing effort and uh, to in a as you say a broader um, scope um, of this category because because uh, I think there's um, great potential for for the industry in this um, in this uh, area.
1: Yeah, I think it's important. Like in America, we have to reflect that you know the number of marriages is not growing, so you know it, it's it, it's a challenging area to grow if you're only focused on diamonds that are given when people get married. That's not the case in China, where where it remains quite a growth opportunity. And, um, and we need to keep developing the number of people who, who, who buy. But in America, that's true. That's why it's so important, you know, to look around that occasion for where the trends are. You know, and that's where, you know, when I see millennials, you know, gifting pre-marriage, that's a really important opportunity that we need to zero in on. Not, it's not a feature of this report, but, of course, the last report, uh, Insight report, focused on the self-purchase opportunity which remains a real growth driver as as well in in the developed markets like like the U.S. So um, we don't want to lose sight, even though this report is focused on the concept of love and commitment, that the last report is is still very relevant and important for our sector.
0: Well, it uh, it feeds into a more optimistic um, feeling about the industry. Um, you know, we 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 haven't spoken at all about the self um, purchasing um, market, which uh, which De Beers has um, researched in the past. But um, there's certainly a lot to be um, to look forward to amid all the, the the challenges that the the market faces. So, um, thanks very much, um, Stephen, for for thanks, for Ali. this work and and the opportunity to talk to you. It's much appreciated. And that's our podcast for this uh, for this week. Thanks for listening. There's a lot to digest there, I know. and, uh, and there's a lot to look forward to, I think in, in the coming um, few weeks. I wish everyone a uh, successful holiday season. I'm sure we'll we'll have another podcast before the Christmas break. And, um, but as you prepare for the, for the coming season, I wish you great success. And uh, look out for, uh, for various Rapport products. We've got our, our research report coming up for, for November. Um, of course, there's the magazine. And if you're not reading the magazine, well, I, I don't know where you're getting all your, all your market insights. So I look forward to seeing you soon. And um, take care, everyone.